Good evening, oh my goodness, good afternoon, evening everybody, this is Corey Rosen with The Story Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Nathan Arndt, uh, Nathan Arndt, Arndt, that's right. Nathan Arndt began his journey through music in 2002. Like most artists, he began playing cover songs to learn the craft. As his senior year of high school ended, he developed a, uh, oh my goodness, he developed a pro, pro, Proclivity. 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 That's a that's a word I haven't seen for a long time. <laughs> Back in those vocab right, sheets right. in English, right? Yeah. Uh, for bass guitar and the youthful urgency to become a screamer for post-punk band Captain of Compliments. After a three-year stay in Queens, that's Queens, New York City, uh, he returned home and played a guitar for a group called The Wayfarer Experiments. Throughout his whole life, he wrote poetry and songs. The skill led him down to the position that he holds today. Singer-songwriter, his style can be best described as acoustic and lyrical. Currently, he runs the open mic at Shamrock Cafe in Lancaster every first and third Wednesdays. He'll uh, Those start at like 6 or 7, right? They start at 8 o'clock to 11. 8 o'clock to 11. Cool. And uh, he'll be hosting Tell Us 360 for the entire month of November every Monday, and those start at 7. Uh, those I believe start at seven. I actually haven't followed up on the deets on that one, um, but I'm also playing a couple shows in August to look out for. Okay. One on the rooftop and one in on Sabine. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about those for later for sure. For sure. Um, you can find information regarding other shows and dates at his Facebook page or his most recent band page called The Picaros. Uh, this band was formed with his longtime friend and best man at his upcoming wedding, Matt King. He is also always happy to have fellow improv improvisational that's another ten dollar word uh <laughs> artists join nice. him which make him which makes for a unique show every single time i've had the pleasure of playing with nathan nathan Arndt and uh getting to know him a little bit yeah. how are you today my friend i'm doing pretty good man since the last time i saw you which was what wednesday, like you wednesday came yeah, in? Came yeah, wednesday you were, yeah it was nice to see you come out and jam for a little while you always show your chops for sure. <laughs> that yeah. keyboard of yours is uh, yeah, a little piece of magic. It's Sam's old keyboard, actually. Is know? it really? Yeah, Samantha, Samantha uh, Amelia. Amelia, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's um, a good artist. She's a really it. great uh, pianist. Um, check. I'm going to have her on for sure eventually. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, she, yeah she, I was I was looking for a keyboard because I've never, uh, before I came out to this community, I never had like a keyboard to yeah. kick out with. And um, she was like, well, you can have this for like 50 bucks. And then she ended up giving it to me for free. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. That was, sounds like her too. Yeah, yeah, super nice. Yeah, well, it's nice to see other people coming out to the Shamrock too because this is only my second time really hosting it. And the fact that people just keep coming out more and more is really, really making me happy. I mean, I play for about 20 minutes to a half hour in the beginning and everybody else took over, you know, which was, yeah. was great. Plus, you know, some of the... It's funny to see the uh, billiards crowd mixing with the right, open mic crowd. It is a little bit interesting. It is, it is. And my buddy uh, Jake Hoffmaster was there, and you know he was really kind of helping buffer everything in between. And you know, a couple of the players ended up getting tipped some money, I believe, too. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah was, that was that was really interesting. I've never been tipped at an open mic before. Hey, you played for twenty minutes and got twenty bucks. Yeah, that was, yeah <laughs> you can't right. beat I was, that. Eh? I can't really beat that. <laughs> nah, you definitely can't. But so yeah, I um. I kind of picked that one up because I've been trying to put myself out there a little more in terms of like, taking risks, I guess. Mm. So, like, uh, I work over second, you know, second job at Slugger's Pizzeria on 701 North Queen Street in Lancaster, and I did a delivery at the Shamrock. And uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, do you want an open mic? They were like, yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was like a maybe situation because they hadn't done one in like 15 years, they said. Oh, yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, so I went in on one of my days off, and I just decided to to tell them, turn off the jukebox for, you know, five minutes or whatever, please. And I played them a song. Please. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. please. But yeah, so uh, I had them turn off the jukebox, played them a song, and the, uh, the booking woman um and bartender there brandy was like all right when yeah when when are you thinking so yeah she hit me back and we decided you know we'll do a trial run of first and third wednesdays i didn't want to like do an every week thing just in case case, because that's that's a hard thing to build up for sure like an open mic because 
um, everyone's marketing, I'm realizing, isn't what it could be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely, and myself included, you know. Well, I, even, I could, even me, I was, I was like, I'm just now realizing how much you have to put into it. All right, big time. Well, and that's that's what I mean. I'm taking more risks, I think, lately, and you just got to keep pushing forward with right, it. You just got to do it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of been the theme that we've kind of been learning throughout this entire po- podcast is that you just got to do it. Yeah. Um, or else no one else is going to do it. It's not going to be done. I know, and that's. I feel like we're seeing that in this like, this country, in this world, even more and more. We gotta have some kind of voice that we're willing to actually speak out. Right. Yeah. And if we don't, then, like you said, somebody else who's, you know, maybe louder, but not necessarily there for the people, will do right. it for you. Right. If if it doesn't come from authenticity, it's gonna come from authority. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's the thing is. People that don't get humbled end up in that position sometimes right. because we all have mistakes. You know, we mm-hmm. all have problems, but the the issue is dealing with them and and growing from them and growing from them because we don't all do that all the time. Oh. But uh, we try. Try. <laughs> hopefully, we try. Hopefully, hopefully, we try. <laughs> um, That's where music kind of comes from for me. So. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, big time. Going off that, then what was your inspiration to get into music? Like what what. When did you pick up a guitar or a bass and was like, this is it? Um, well, I don't know if I ever said this is it necessarily. Like, I, I don't know. There's maybe that drive for acceptance when I was younger mm-hmm. in, in some sort of way. But I started when I was in elementary school with saxophone. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was initially going to be, uh, I wanted to be a drummer. And they were like, no, you're not a drummer. So I was like, it's okay, okay. Yeah, so I ended up picking up a woodwind. Um, and you know, I enjoyed it for the most part. I really yeah. did. It wasn't until about, I guess, seventh or eighth grade when I was like, eh, I'm kind of getting sick of this. I I want to play more pop songs, like right, and, and more right. rock pop songs, that kind of thing. And I had been renting uh, my saxophone from Menchie Music. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean. As long as they're still around, good shop. I was ready to buy a Yuka bass from there like, maybe, oh, really? like three That's or four cool. years ago. But uh, yeah, I was running from them, and they ended up giving me like half off on a guitar, which was an Alvarez Artist Series. Great guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fun one. And I picked that up in eighth grade, and I really never looked back. I just kind of, I don't know, I picked up guitar and bass around the same time, and I'd always written poetry as a young person. And just little limericks and, you know, random rhymes, stuff like that. Do you happen to remember any of them? Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) Plan on getaways by the midway point. Blow the back flare flare. And now the future's shot. Such a change could rearrange the rate of long and short. Oh, let the leaf color judge if you feel dead or not. I'm a scotch tape fix to hold a hairline split. Shake the base and rumble under unexpected bliss. Much darker than my eyeline. Sleep deterrent. Relay the message to connect the tissue to skin. Are you still shaking? So. I'm shaking now. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's like an Elden Ring kind of, or like a Dark Souls kind of like, or that's what it felt for me. That's fine. However, uh, it, it makes like you kind of ominous almost. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Again, you know, youth struggling, just trying to figure it all out. Right. That, that's what it's all about, really. Um, <laughs> you know, middle school is kind of like a Dark Souls arena as it is. Whoa. Um. <laughs> You, dude, your English teachers must have loved you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely, yeah. They were impressed with certain parts of me, but I also certain didn't. Parts. I also didn't like come out of my shell until later. Gotcha. So it was more like mm. I was very quiet and standoffish. But once they actually got to know me, they were like, "Oh wow, you're actually a pretty good writer." Like, yeah, which is cool, you know, to be like to be accepted in that community. Yeah, that's that's a. Uh Kind of how I was more or less accepted into this community of the gigging musicians because uh, I came in with with a friend okay. uh, who at the time wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, if you're catching my drift, yeah, yeah, absolutely. and uh, so a lot of people kind of weren't it skilled, yeah, yeah. We kind of we kind of lumped 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 us together until they realized that I had like I sh- I, I I am a composition major. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, if, you, if you knew that, uh, so like I produce and write my own music. Um, I just don't perform in open mics because I can't sing. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm not a very good singer. That surprises um, me. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not a very. I'm not very good. Um, at least to the, because you know, there's there's a lot of people who uh, that go out to open mics who wouldn't consider themselves a good singer. 
But I'm I, I don't think I would pass in like a in a, in a in a bar at least not. Well, it's open mic. It bro. is open mic. It's so open may, mic. maybe maybe one time I'll just say you know what, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And go for it, but. <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, I pretty, I didn't make my own music, and it was only until that uh, p- the people realized that and then heard those those soundtracks. It was like, oh, you're f- you're like legit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's, it's kind of that like eye opener moment for uh, the other local talents. Well, you're a good keyboard player, that's Thank for you. sure. I mean, you're a very good keyboard player, and you fit right in the pocket. I do. That's, yeah, that's I, where I it's like you can you can hear you have the like the idea of. All right, nobody's taking over the uh, the high end or the treble, so mm-hmm. you you know you fit right into it, and you find your own good melody, which is, I mean, that's the same with me for uh, improvisation. You know, if somebody is doing the deep end or the bass, like I'm not gonna do that because right. I'm not gonna stomp on feet at that. Point, and you, well, so. you, know, you don't want to make money either. No, no, it's gonna just be mud. Yeah, it will Gross. be. Yeah, no, that and that's the thing we, in my opinion, we lose when we get older is we start trying to complicate things whereas mm. when you're young you start out with a simple melody and you fit it together with your buddies and it works you know yeah that's kind of a uh, a thing i've been learning now um especially when i go to write something on i want to make something big and you know boisterous yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> i gotta come back to my roots yeah big time big time and like <laughs> when i <laughs> It was funny because I started with this band when I was younger, and we just did, you know, covers, which taught me everything that I kind of needed to know. So we'd do, like, Mm. Jimi Hendrix covers and Beatles covers and stuff like that. And then once I got a little older, um, I joined uh, this group called Captain of Compliments, and Mm -hmm. I essentially just started writing, like, melodic bass lines that sounded... Oh, they were were scattered, and they sounded a little... uh, Little well, sch- they were sound a little schizophrenic in some ways, but at the same time, it was like it was me trying to figure out like what I could do that was simple, but also the most. Like, right? Yeah. Like a lot of post like hardcore bands, you know. And then to be able to scream over top of some of it, I mean, it. I let a lot of uh, demons out within the year or two. I would well, say that's kind of what, <laughs> what music is all about. It's like letting your like your inner demons out, letting them flow through because. It's like one of the main methods for humankind to let things go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There's well, look at I don't know what tribe it is, and that's gonna drive me crazy. I'll look it up after this, and if you're listening now, please look it up. But um, there is a a tribe that when you're born, they sing a song specially made about you. Like a local Native American tribe. I or? don't. It's not a. I don't believe it's a local Native American tribe. I want to say it's. Possibly in Africa, but oh, like, an a- like an African. Tribe. Yeah, I want to say it's an African tribe. However, don't quote me on that. Again, look it up. You'll probably find it pretty darn quick. Um, but they have a song unique to every child. And, That's really cool. And when they, when the child messes up at some point, which inevitably we all do, mm-hmm. they gather around in a group and sing to them in their song. And it, you know, it's gonna be the like, most heart wrenching, most convicting moment ever if you like messed up and everyone just starts singing the song you were born with yeah dude that's gotta that's gotta be like heart-wrenching it could be heart-wrenching and it but also, also like heartwarming yeah, well, yeah. It both it's both, both it's both and that's yeah. the yin yang buddy yeah <laughs> dude if, dude, if I, i've messed up if anyone's sung like a personal song like like legitimately about me when i was born I, i'd be like <laughs> okay, I, I, I understand. I get it. Well, that's like water right there. I mean, water, air, and everything else. It would, it would cause a change in you. That's yeah. for sure. And you'd probably fix it. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> you would hope so. <laughs> um, was there ever a song that was sung to you as, by your parents when you were a kid that you remember? Mm, well, my dad used to wake me up to, uh, what was it? Oh, Mama said. You can't hurry, love. Oh, you oh, yeah? just have to wait. Yeah, oh, he would funny. he would play that like every morning almost. I would say it like, I don't know, nine a.m. like or so on a Saturday. It was like every every Saturday, and I don't know that one always stuck with me. My godfather uh, used to sing "Righteous Melody" or "Righteous." No, sorry, "Unchained Melody" by the Righteous mm-hmm. Brothers. Sorry about that. Um, 
And I always loved hearing him sing it because they were always shooting pool for quarters like in the basement. And it was all these foundry worker dudes who were just tough, rugged guys. And then, you know, Righteous Brothers would come on and it was just beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome. they, they enjoyed each other's company and they just they had a fun time. My mother would always sing uh, with wi- with arms wide open by Creed. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what because that's what she would uh, sing to me. Um, that was like her song that that she like dedicated to me, and, and almost every time I hear that, my mother's passed now, unfortunately. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Happens, dude. Um, yeah. and I don't mean like to push it off because you know just, sometimes you got to move on. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, so every time I hear that, and it was. With the string, the stringed version, specifically, yeah, um, that it just always makes me feel so much emotions. See, that's cool, man, and that's one of those things where like, music is so personal. I think with people, and oh, it, it's so people are so quick to like judge other musicians because they're successful or whatever. Whereas it's like, dude, Scott Staff, he's a uh, kind of accomplished some things here so he's not to be written off like you said mm-hmm. so with arms wide open good song and good meaning like very I, good meaning and it's in and, and like when i was younger i was like oh this is a, it's a cool it's a good song but i didn't really think much about it but once i actually like listened to the lyrics i was like oh yeah yeah wow and that's that's why i consider myself acoustic lyrical because like i listen to groups like you know like say anything and um even like daft punk which was kind of more electronic but Mm -hmm. they like they have these lyrics that are really nostalgic feeling and interesting and that's what i like about that whole genre is you can fit a lot of lyrics into something Mm -hmm. that feels like it shouldn't work but then when it does it's like it's all about the placement Mm -hmm. and and that's what kind of draws people in i think yeah i definitely wish i had more of a um, of a brain to to write like meaningful lyrics. Um, there's only a few like two of my songs that I really really love that I think are really good lyrics all throughout. I usually have a really good chorus, a really good verse for first verse, and then the bridge, and then the the second verse is just kaput. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's kind of where I struggle. Do you do you write the second verse later on, or do you get it all out right away? So I on, usually I only have enough uh, thought process to uh, co- to complete. I, usually I have the chorus in in my mind. Yeah. Um, because something I like I specialize in, or at least people have told me that I specialize in, are hooks. Okay. Re- oh yeah. I'm really good at making hooks, according to my uh, my own teachers and uh catchy stuff. Yeah, catchy stuff catchy really stuff yeah really good at making catchy stuff uh but there you know you can make catchy stuff but if the lyrics aren't aren't to par then it's all it's not entirely useless but lyrics is what kind of makes makes song in the end well you gotta have something to say that's you gotta, sure. yeah you gotta have something to say and if your first verse is good like i you know i would i'd recommend writing it the same day like, right, yeah, yeah. If I were you, like eat a, eat a thing of ramen noodles or something, and like get fueled Still again. At it. Yeah, get fueled again. <laughs> That's my recommendation on that one. But yeah, I have the same problem sometimes too. Like there's moments where you play the music first and then you write, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's other times where, like, you just start singing. You know, like I have one that I'm working on right now that you know it's in G, and I just started singing in my car on the way home. It, you know, I I hit the box to it. That's uh, impressive. Impressive because if I if I uh, think of anything in the car, by the time I'm at home, it's gone. Oh really? Yeah, it's gone. It's straight up gone. I um I have really bad ADHD, so that probably has some part of it. Ah uh, okay okay. So but, actually, I could sing it for you right now. Oh really? I'm Good thinking, you. Yeah yeah. yeah. Right, you don't even it have it. Here it goes. Right goes. Crow, black crow. The only one I know It's pain and it's sorrow Both go toe-to-toe Crow, black crow Spreads its wings and it's fine I don't 
smile, but my mouth's corners turn up once in a while. That's cool. And yeah, it that's was just insane. Like, it just kind of hit me, and you know, you play with it. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. But you have something to say, you know what I mean? Right. And I literally looked at a crow in the air. So, I mean, sometimes, again, get back to simplicity, bro. <laughs> Looks at a crow, creates a whole blues gospel song. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, think crazy. about it. That's a misunderstood animal right there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and especially, like, when you get into the, you know, the raven category. Like, mm-hmm. they can actually speak to you. They, they can actually speak, and they will remember you, and they will hold a grudge against you, too. They definitely will um, hold a grudge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're, they're like, one of the smartest birds, I think. Even smarter than parrots on some level, I think. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, if they can talk for sure. And they'll bring you presents, too. Yeah, and they they're, they actually... One fun fact I love about crows and ravens is that uh, in order to crack nuts open, they'll fly high, drop... They'll, well... They'll either drop it or they'll just place it on the road and wait for cars to come by and then eat, eat you know, crack they, the nuts open. And they, they know that those big iron things are the squishy things. Are the squishy things, <laughs> they, yeah. They squish stuff. They're using us, man. <laughs> hey, we're, you know, <laughs> I'm using them to write a song, so it's an even trade it's, as far as I'm concerned. It's a symbiotic relationship, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we also were talking, I think, about... Um, my buddy Matt there for a minute, mm-hmm. right? And Matt how King? He, Matt King, yeah. Matt King is uh he's a great drummer and he comes out of Philly a lot for me. Um sometimes he would do an open mic with me over at Shanks Tavern. I'd like a point out there. Hopefully I can get one started there again. But uh we'll see. We'll see. And um he's the best man at my upcoming wedding here. So uh Ashley Almany is gonna soon be Ashley Arnt in September. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope to have a lot of musicians out there, and it's going to be a really good time. Um, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be really fun. Yeah, in terms of, like, love interests and musicianship, yeah, sorry, musicianship, it's, uh, it's a funny balance, that's for sure. And just, you know, friendship in general with people. It's a funny balance to have because, like, you want to be a musician first, but then you also need to put somebody else first. And then before that, you got to put yourself. You got to put yourself first. You got to make sure your mask is on before you help the other. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Oh my lord. Um. So yeah, we, we could talk about a bit more about the the relationship life and. Absolutely. How, well, first off, did you guys meet at like music or? <laughs> we we actually ended up dancing our first night we ever met together. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, we ended up dancing, and nobody else wanted to dance, but uh, yeah, we did, and. That was a, it was a nice intro to our relationship together. And the uh, second time we ever hung out, we went hiking at Chickie's Rock. Oh, of course. Great spot. Greatest, the most used spot. It's a really great trail. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Chickie's Rock. It's in like uh, Marietta almost. Yeah, yeah. In between Marietta and Columbia. Columbia. Yep. It's a great spot out there. Um, Great view. She... (laughs) Well, we were below the the high part of the cliff, but we climbed up mm. to one of them. She wore flip flops. <laughs> big, <laughs> big mistake. Uh, yeah, she was on the way down, and uh, slipped. I caught her before she fell down like part of the mountain, and uh, she broke her pinky toe. And it's Ooh. been love ever since. <laughs> it's been love ever since. Oh my goodness! Hey, I... with with great pain comes great <laughs> pleasure. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's so funny. I and uh, I used to. I am an Eagle Scout. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. My buddy Matt King is an Eagle Scout too. Oh no way! Yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I know many people who like this one guy brought Crocs on a ten mile hike. Oof. It, yeah, oof, oof. We don't even allow Crocs in gym class at Lampeter Street. Right, and so it's like, like it's like. <laughs> Flip flops, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Crocs, though. You know, I can see there's a little more sustain with a Crocs. A little bit more sustain, but still, if you're gonna on a mountain with rocks and everything, it's it's flip flops. I I feel like would be more comfortable overall than than Crocs. Yeah. But here's one thing that I find really funny, and I'm not talking uh, any smack on uh, the Yeezy brand, right? Oh. But the Yeezys have like a six hundred dollar pair of like Crocs. Essentially, it's like a ripoff of Crocs, but it's like six hundred bucks. And I'm like, who is who is doing that? Like, who is Probably buying? Only Kanye. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kanye, he's, he bought the whole supply. Yeah, bro, I would, I would be surprised. Hey, you know what? People want to say what they want to say about Kanye, but he's good. I dig him. I dig him. He's, he's a real one. Um, yeah, he's great. Everyone's got their issues. Kanye, no exception. No, no. But On the Wire was great when I first heard that. I mean, it was... I, I never listened to, to Kanye until uh, he came out with his Christian album. Because, you know, the, the Chick-fil-A one was, was like a, a... You never heard it? No. Oh, no. it is the funniest thing. And it's actually good, too. It's about Chick-fil-A. It's though. about, oh my gosh, the way he signs it off, he goes, Chick-fil-A! And like screams <laughs> it out. I can't. I don't have a voice right now, so I can't really do it. But it is the funniest. You have to listen to it. It's right. really good. So you heard it here first, people. Check out Kanye's. Check it. It's, and it's a Christian album. If you're a Christian, listen, to, and you're wondering how you get into some Christian rap. Christian rap is an interesting dichotomy. Oh, yeah. Uh, or genre for sure. Oh yeah. Um, you got like Lecrae. You got your um, I'm blanking on every other Christian rapper that I know. Um, which tends to happen a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting niche to fit there. Definitely. Well, and it's it's funny because like what influence? Well, I mean, here's an influence I hadn't even thought of actually. But um, back in high school, there was a Christian rapper that came in, and my buddy, he was more of like, again, you know, he he was more of like that gutter side, that gutter gutter side, mm-hmm. and lovely dude to be honest with you he turned out like a gem um but he was he was freestyling a lot in a dirty kind of way and this guy schooled him i mean he was able to freestyle for like two or three minutes straight christian style and just like no swear words no nothing that was like nasty it was just straight up this but in the most proper way possible and that was such a cool thing to see. It's like that guy just did that for three minutes. Improv. Never made those words up before. Like I can do that too. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing we kind of do sometimes, uh, or with like Cody Kilburn, oh, especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, we uh, make up songs like on the spot, and it's really incredible to watch because I've never been able to make up a, a song. If if someone told me go out on the stage and make up a song, I'd I'd die inside. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You'd be able to do it. It's just, it takes practice. It does take practice. It's like any other, you know, getting in shape. Like, swimming in shape is different than, Mm -hmm. like, wrestling in shape versus running in shape versus improvisation in shape. It's all all different. Yeah, you got to practice, and that's something I'm learning a lot because I'm not really good at the improv. I'm not, like, a legit pianist. Okay. Um, I didn't really take lessons. Um. I would consider Sam like a legit who took lessons and can do all these crazy things. Yeah. Um, I'm not like that at all. I just uh, mess around the piano a lot. So I, I, I kind of know my own, my, my own side. I know all the theory and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's something I'm learning to uh, go back to is doing my scales. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that that's that's the basis of any improv is knowing your scales. Yeah, yeah. And knowing how to play them fast. Well, and then getting your arpeggios. And then your arpeggios, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. And that's the funny thing is people be like, what was that you just did? How did you do that? And you're scales. like, that was literally like it was a Hungarian harmonic minor scale. And they're mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> it's so like, well, now you have homework. <laughs> what did you call me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that. Um it, how often do you play with Cody Kilburn? Because he's, um, he's good. He's been popping up around the Lancaster scene a lot lately. Yeah. Um. So right now, I'm, I'm, I try to play with him at every single event. Okay. Because um, he actually picked me up. Uh, so to I have a long story short. The way I kind of got into the gig uh, musician life was through my uh, uh, through my friend, and um, uh, we were at Telus and. He he was there, Cody Kilburn, and we were outside at the Play Me Piano, and and I was just messing around, and and uh, Cody was like, "Yo, you want, you know how to play Jealous?" And I was like, "I can figure it out," because you know me, I like I said, I know all the chords and stuff, and I'll literally pick up a song I've never heard and just play along. Yeah. Um. So that's what I did. I played along to that, uh, Jealous at open at the open mic, and then out of nowhere, he just invites me to his band for the op- for the King Jam. Uh. The um King Street George Day. Clinton concert. I played that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So we both played. We played the Parliament show then. Um. Well, 
something what? something's happened and Cody couldn't end up end up couldn't doing it. Okay, but, gotcha, um, gotcha. But I was gonna I was gonna be the pianist for that. Um, so that was cool, and that's kind of how I got introduced to you know Woody, to Henry, to uh, Bjorn, everyone else. Yeah. In yeah. in the scene, um, and yeah, so that's that's, kinda, that's that's what I would consider my like quote unquote big break into the music scene was Cody Kilburn, and ever since then I've been helping him like produce some stuff. That's cool. I've been helping him, uh, you know, uh orchestrate his songs yeah um and you know stuff just, just small stuff like that that really makes or break a performance yeah and that's that's i think like what you're alluding to is a really good piece of advice that a lot of musicians probably want to know is like no matter like if you fully are i guess like involved in that genre of music do it anyway you know? Oh yeah, for sure. We that was a whole topic we had. Um, you gotta learn to break out of a of a genre, and because what are you gonna do? What are, how are you gonna grow? Yeah, exactly. And how are you gonna how are you gonna uh, mix new stuff into your own genre? Country's been done for a hundred plus so years. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it started with with bluegrass. And it started and, with bluegrass. And, 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 and blue, well, blues mixed in there too. Blues mixed in there. Thank yeah. God. They're, they're like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So you really got to prog rock. Wouldn't be prog rock if if nobody you know dialed into different styles. Got that right. And yeah. and that's that's what I like about this area is there's so much opportunity. There's and I mean, so I, much diversity. Th- there's there's I, I know there's diversity everywhere, but. Man, the Lancaster scene is really amazing lately. Insane. Just, just in the the opportunities I've been presented with, like I play bass um, every once in a while for this girl Irene Florio, mm-hmm. and this guy uh, he goes by the name of Whitehead, and he's a rapper, and she's an R and B singer. And when I originally started playing bass, like I loved pay- playing R and B and hip hop, mm-hmm. like it was just. The staccatos. It's a lot and, of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, I wouldn't have been able to play that George Clinton show and Parliament. Yeah, yeah right. If I hadn't been like, if I hadn't been to the studio on Elizabeth, first of all, mm-hmm. with Woody, um, Woody Campbell, great drummer by the way. If you ever get the chance, pick him up. Um, but if I hadn't been at that studio, I never would have met them. So, right, you know that that led to me getting to see George Clinton and uh, Maya actually played that show too. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, right. Did you get a chance to see him? Uh, no. I well, since Cody didn't go, I was like, I don't know, I'm not gonna bother. Okay, I got um, you. I got you. Because, uh, and that's that's something I kind of regret. Regret. Yeah. Regret. R e g w e t. I'm five. <laughs> it's all um, good. It's all good. Yeah. So, because, especially like now with the podcast going on, um, I have to my ums and ums. I gotta get rid of those. Uh, <laughs> it makes it more real, to be honest. It does. With you. It does. Like it's all good. Look but, at Joe Rogan's podcast. Right. 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 He, he was he perfect care. every time. No. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I really wish I had gone out to it because it's all about networking, especially around here. And like like you said, there's a bunch of diversity within a 24 hour period. I had a hip hop circle that I went to, um, on on the same Elizabeth. Uh, what is it? Eleven thirty-four Elizabeth Avenue. By the way, they have an open mic every Sunday, every second of the fourth Sunday. Yeah, still. is that is that where it is now? Yep. Still? still, okay. Yep. On Sunday, that's good. On Sunday nights. Was, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. There Sunday nights, so definitely check those out. And that's Emily Segrist still running that. Right? Emily Segrist. It's still five dollars to get in though. Okay, five bucks. Um, hey, you know, technically what? not an open mic, but you know, it's a, it's a fun spot for sure. Heck yeah. Um, and especially if you want to get to have some like some studio time without like having studio time quote unquote yeah exactly it's a it's a spot to go yeah and Um, it's it's great to see like an instagram feed after an open mic too and you you see like you you had that moment where someone caught you shining Mm -hmm. that's that's a beautiful thing especially at like you know eight o'clock on a monday morning it's great to look at that and be like oh right i I actually shined last night you know and now i'm at work and I'm shining, I'm here, shining too. here too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So yeah, I had I had, had the hip hop circle, and then I went to uh, 551 West and Octavia Blues. Yeah, yeah. Blues yeah. Harp. 
band. Yeah. Yep, was there, and that that's like a whole bluegrass, like harmonica, like a, like legit, like legit folk music. Absolutely, um, they're like, good. They're good. Complete one eighty <laughs> of like rapping hip hop scene in some aspects, uh, and then <laughs> within the same twenty four hours, I go to these uh, to a more country rock uh, Easter service. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, 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 so the the timeline is a wild timeline, um, because I was me, I wanted to break into these different circles. I, mm-hmm. I made a conscious ef- conscious effort to break out into these different circles. Uh, it was a like a ten dollar concert happening, happening at the studio. So I was like, you know, I can do ten dollars. Ten dollars is not much at all. Yeah. And then I get introduced from all these pe- cats from uh, Harrisburg. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna have them on the show eventually. You mean Jay? Uh, Jay. H Mac. Yeah, he's the sound guy to H Mac. James or Jay? Jay. Okay. Jay, yeah. No, I haven't. I I I've only been to H Mac like a few times, um, but I know James Kipple, the guy who runs it. Okay. The, nice. The nice. Mike. Right on. Um, but yeah. So. Thanks. So yeah, you ten bucks got you all that connection. Got me, huh? all, got me three, four <laughs> different connections, and so much more from there will come. I'm sure about it. Yeah. Uh, got to got to spend money to make money. That's some, for sure. Sometimes for sure, and it's Just not a little bit. Not a lot of money. People think oh, I'm gonna need all these like giant samples or whatever giant keyboard. You know, I, I need a Nord to perform a gig. You know, you oh, don't. No, no, I, no. My piano is not not to knock uh, Sam, but it's trash. It's it, you know. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it gets the job done. Yeah. Because uh, the you know the pedaling doesn't work anymore. But it's, it's how you like perform with it, though. Too. Right, that, like, that is true. That is, that is true. You got to deal with what you got. Yeah, and that's where like my my guitar that I have right now it doesn't plug in as a quarter inch in the mm. back. I got like a what is it? I got just like a little input for the sound hole, and my buddy uh, gave me a compressor pedal, so I use that, that with it, and it it evens out the sound with the vocals Slope. on on the PA. So I mean it. it I'm happy with it. You know, there's there, and uh, there, that's uh, another thing I've kind of noticed, especially like Robin, who has like a violin. Mm-hmm. She she has made her violin. Uh, she's mic'd her violin essentially, like a permanent. Is it a permanent mic? I think it kind. I don't know if it's a transducer pickup or what exactly it is. I just know Robin is a she's a mystical, majestic violinist who shreds her bow almost who every shreds single, every single almost day. Every continues single time. to play with her stick. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's it's I'm gonna have her on Tuesday at three. Okay. So if you're if you're interested in hearing a violinist who's been all over the world, played in the streets of Paris. Oh yeah. California. When I sh- I know she played with like Ween, like Dean Ween before. Really? And, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she's played with some cool, cool people. Definitely. Um. Yeah. What time did you say that was? That's, and when? That's three thirty. Uh. P.M. Ne- next Tuesday. Okay. Um, next Tuesday. Next, next Tuesday. That's... Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. People should check that one out. That, yeah, that'll be cool. Funnily enough, all my like I've had like you know uh, to get into some of the analytics of the show behind the scenes. I've had like five thousand people, different people reached, and the majority of that came from Robin. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah, I, I, believe yeah. I believe that. I, I was it was kind of scary because one one you know I had uh, previous mess previous guests not messes um, <laughs> yeah. guests guestesses gotcha. <laughs> And uh, they didn't have that much reach, yeah. um, and, th- and that's typical for a local scene anyway, because everyone knows each other. Yeah, I was going to say, I think maybe like 45 people liked it, but people will tune in. I oh, yeah, people it, will tune in for sure. Yeah. But but when I saw the number get above 500, I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then when, when, it, when it got up to like 3,000 on her end, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, she's been around, man. She's, she's a been good around. Player. Well, she's a good player too. So that's she's well, I, yeah, no, I she, she, I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, and uh, well, her band Lava Cave is great. Too. It's great. Yeah, I, I think they're back in action now. They were. I think they took a hiatus for a while. They and did. Now they're back at it. And um, Leo DeSanto's brother, what is his name? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's the one man band that's gonna drive me nuts. Oh, 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 I, I Nick, think... Nick, Nick DeSanto. Nick, Nick, yeah, Nick yeah. DeSanto, yeah. He's a one-man band around here. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, he connected with me, actually. Yeah, him and, he and her write really good songs together, so... I mean, check them out if y'all get the chance. Lava Cave, they're great. So. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about playing a song here? You think um, we should do some music? 
So typically, what I what I what I do is as I wait for uh, the the radio portion, and then I'll then I'll let you introduce oh, songs. Wait. Oh, so they're actually playing songs right now? Well, no, no, not right now. There, there's nothing going on in the radio because then we'd be talking over radio. Okay, <laughs> um, which is you know not fun for anybody involved. That's very true. Uh, so so what what'll happen is is that uh, around like four forty five, I'll. Put on put on a song to transition back into the radio. Gotcha. That way we could take our nice, nice little bathroom breaks and a little bit behind the scenes uh, info for you. Got okay, right on, right so on. So we can talk about more about the. Uh, so you say you you were a teacher, right? Yeah, right now I'm over at Lampeter Strasburg. Um, I'm working with the uh, phys ed department. One of the uh, teachers is out with. Uh, a sur- like emergency surgery mm. um so it looks like i might be going long-term sub for that one um but i've worked with the iu 13 for a while now i'd say about four years what does iu 13 mean iu 13 it's an intermediary unit 13 so this is like basically like district 13 um it's lancaster and lebanon oh like school district yeah gotcha, yeah. gotcha so gotcha. Uh, autistic support emotional support um, mm. But this this assignment recently was um, just academic, like straight up academic, because I got emergency certified mm. as a substitute teacher. And so I've been covering like music classes, Spanish classes, uh, English class, and uh, phys ed. So, Do you speak yeah. Spanish like legit? I can speak a little bit of Spanish. I mean, I know enough to teach the basics of it. Gotcha. But yeah, other other than that, like... I can kind of understand what people are saying for the most part, but I can't fluently speak it. You know that um, I've done Spanish for three years, and it, <laughs> I didn't learn anything in high school, but I learned a lot because a lot of my friends around here were Hispanic speaking yeah, yeah. as well, and, uh, and you kind of had to learn because they they would get angry or upset, and they just start speaking in Spanish, and they're going a mile a minute yeah. speaking in Spanish. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and you just have to, at that point you have to understand because they won't repeat it again. No, in no, English. that their face will say, uh, make yep. sure that you listen make the sure first you listen time. Now, and yep. if you don't get it, you're gonna get it. Yeah, my buddy lived in Oviedo, Spain, for a little while. So when he came back, he was very adamant about like making sure that he practiced it. So mm. I made sure I tried to practice it with him for a while there. But like like anything, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. It's of the course. same with sign language. Like my first year assignment at. Um, the IU 13 was at CTC in Mount Joy, and oh, yeah. I had a student who was uh, deaf, hard of hearing, and needed you know, sign language. So I had to end up learning that really quickly my first year in you know, academia. Right. So that was a it was fun, but it was also very tough. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sign language is no joke. I, I just learned recently that there's a you know why doctors have like the most atrocious handwriting you've ever seen. No. So there's apparently um that's like American Greg shorthand. American. That it's called uh, it's something. Greg G R E G G, uh, is it's just shorthand, and that's what doctors use to uh shorthand like really quickly these diff- these like long words that no one can spell. Huh. Um, it, it's really incredible to like look at it, and then it's it, it's a small it's it's. Because, you know, most doctors write in, like, there's, like, a, the occasional circle and then, like, loopy lines a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's, like, what is that supposed to mean? And and they say, oh, it's supposed to be uh, Vyvanse or, like, Ritalin or, some, or, like, some, like, impossibly long, like, uh, medi- medication. It's like a courtroom writer, basically. Right, it's like yeah. a courtroom writer. And, and yeah, so I, I just found that out recently. I was, like, no kidding. That's That's why. Songs would be written differently if they were written like that. <laughs> Dude, lyricists would have a nightmare. Are you kidding me? Or like uh, translators? It would be like reading Greek while you were trying literally... to sing. Forget that. But, but if you knew it, you could do it. That's true. Yeah. That may be a new theory starting it... here. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh... I don't know, man. I can barely read my own handwriting. Oh, sometimes. I can't. My own handwriting is its own shorthand. It's like it's like all emotion at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what was I feeling? Well, I must have been feeling a little slanty that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll go with that. <laughs> um. So, how does the relationship between being a musician and then having to, uh, because 
I'm assuming music isn't your money making cow. No, definitely not my money making cow. This this is something that, like, I I would never want to get famous necessarily. I would just want people to appreciate mm. what I do, um, appreciate who I am, and hopefully, you know, I can tap some toes and get people to nod their heads with some songs. Um, but I I don't ever want to lose that like, I don't the know, just that roots. yeah, just that fun element mm. of like. No pressure. Go out there and you know if you mess up, you mess up. If you don't, you don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't like all of like the idea that I have to be one thing or another. You know, and if if I'm a hired musician, like let's say when I play bass or whatever, I'll always be spot on. You know, like and I I will I will study. You know, ask my fiance that one. I'll sit there and study for hours you know just to make sure it's perfect but with my own music nah i i just want to be me there is uh a lot of people around here if they mess up they'll kick themselves for it and it's like well you can't you just gotta keep and every performance there's something gonna go wrong in every single performance even if you even if you studied for hours and hours and hours there's always something that goes wrong and you can't stop it no no matter what people got to realize that that they can't stop you know Nature from happening. Murphy's yeah. law is gonna happen whether whether you're you're prepared for it or not. Absolutely. Um, it's just how much mitigation do you have? Well, it damage control before it happens. Right, like, yeah. Like, you know, preparation is always the best thing because you gotta have extra picks, you gotta have extra strings. You definitely wanna make sure they're all at arm's reach at any moment. Extra capo. <laughs> well, people yeah, that's, that's for the people at the open mics for the most part. Because, yeah, they steal them. <laughs> well, they don't try it. They no, just, yeah. you know, they it walk away happens. with them. Yep. And then you got to have another one on hand. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say, like, preparation is always the best thing. And just getting comfortable, like I said, with you know, uh, improvisation. Like, if, if you're a good improviser, when all that stuff goes wrong, you won't feel weird about it. And that's what I always feel about art is, let's say, like, I, I if I'm painting, right, and I mess up, I can always completely cover that canvas again and do it over or or paint a whole different painting. Mm-hmm. Like, like the beauty in art. Or, can, or it's a happy little accident, like Bob Ross would say. Like Bob Ross would yeah. say. But art is an accident, and running with it is kind of what makes it special, mm-hmm. I think. And, that's that's the key to improvisation. You mess up, go with it. And go with own it. it. And besides, the audience ain't gonna know if you messed up or not. They're gonna congratulate you either way. Yeah. So true. there's no, there's no point moping around on it because you know if you if you like truly bombed, then that's like something to consider. Yeah. yeah. But if if it, if it's like something that nobody else noticed, no one. I mean, you can like critique yourself for it and like take note of it, but it shouldn't destroy your entire night. At all. No, just go drink a ginger ale, eat a piece of pizza. And, and go good, back at and, it. Yeah, and you're yeah. good to go. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's kind of like the victory at the end of it all is that, like, you get to step off the stage and you're just one of the audience members. Mm-hmm. And if you can be an audience member, you're probably going to be a better performer. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, That's something I've been kind of realizing, too, is uh, playing the room yeah. Um, is gigantic. Because uh, there's some places that love to hear House of the Rising Sun a million times, a million and five to be exact, and they'll still party <laughs> uh, every, after every single time. That's uh, or or like Creep, they'll yeah. they'll play Creep to their you know wit's end. Yeah. Um, shame that bottle. I know. Uh, I, yeah, I wish that place wouldn't have gone on too. But the, uh, Brandon will be back on his feet. I did hear a really cool version of uh, Creep though. That was mixed with uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. Oh yeah, uh, me and Jordan did. Jordan, uh, did. Uh, Jordan had done that for a, a little bit. Yeah, that was pretty cool actually. But yeah, yeah the, you're right because there is, like there there are gonna be those pop songs that everybody wants to hear because they've mm-hmm. heard them on the radio. And essentially, sometimes like you're saying, reading the room, you got to be like Pandora or mm-hmm. you know whatever. Um, and it comes with the territory to a certain extent. And I try to choose my covers very carefully. Like, I'll do, like, Temptations. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, ain't, too pr- ain't Too Proud to Beg. I'll do that one. I'll do, uh, like, a Noah Gunderson song uh, mm-hmm. called Family. Uh, I do uh, Respect 
like Otis Redding. Or, well, a mix between Otis Redding and Aretha. But yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, and um, yeah, a couple other ones, but not too many. I, I try and pride myself on the fact that I'm an original artist. And right. that doesn't always make people the happiest. No. But sometimes it does. And it, and right. when it's when it makes them happy, I feel like I am on top of the world and winning because I created something and I made people smile. Yeah, or made people think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's another one. Um, that's something I like about like Cody's songs. Um, they they do bring down the the vibe for sure. Yeah. But uh, but it makes you makes you reflect. Definitely. Sure. And, and I, it's incredible um, f- to have local musicians make like meaningful, deep songs that really get people like uh, to. Uh, bring up somebody that uh, Bjorn, his mended love song mm-hmm. is one of my like favorite. I love to listen to. That. I love to play that. Yeah, and it gets people to dance and cry and all sorts of things. Yeah, hitting that hitting that E on the bass note for that song is always pretty good. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's always it's a nice satisfying. One. Definitely a nice one. That, but that your your point about bringing down the vibe is interesting too because it's like it's just a different vibe. It's just, yeah, well, yeah, like it's, it's just a it's different a vibe, different, for sure. Yeah, and it, it and does definitely, like, it calms things down in mm-hmm. the room, and I think it's the same as, like, if I were to start talking like this, you'd probably want to turn up the knob on your stereo. Right, yeah. You know, and, it, like, it just draws people Draw in. Draw people in more, yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that wasn't a negative thing at all. Oh, because absolutely not. Sometimes it's needed. Sometimes you need to have just a, a little reset almost. Oh, yeah. And have a little reflection and just to chill out. And then, because that makes that makes the next uh, high vibe, like high action uh, piece, hit so much harder. Oh yeah, because I mean, well, think yeah, if like you're saying, think about it. If you're sitting there the whole time, like boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, for like five hours, yeah, you're gonna sit there and be like, I just want to disconnect, right? Completely disconnect from this and. I've been in that situation before where it's like, I just wanted to do a high energy set. And by the end of it, it was, you know, it's 45 minutes of that. And I'm like, oh man, I made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. audience needs to eat their dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, or that, or you're playing all this upbeat music and people are kind of annoyed at you at this point because mm-hmm. uh, they need a break. And that's something I learned as a DJ, DJing for weddings. Um, I, I have like a, I have like my set, uh, that I like run through. Yeah. Um, but I always make sure that at least after like thirty to like thirty to forty minutes, of, like high action, uh, bump and stuff. Yeah. I always put on a slow song because you know that's how you, that's how you get a the older people out there anyway. True. Um, and then that's really what like if you get pictures of the older people dancing, that's what the bride and groom are gonna want forever. That's true. Yeah. Um, because very true. Oftentimes, on a sadder note, those are the last pictures. They're gonna have yeah yeah and I'm that's those are the people you really want at your wedding right you know, that's it's one of those things like with with me and my fiance right now like we aren't gonna have some of the people that we hoped would be at our wedding so an empty chair is definitely going to be there mm-hmm. for them so it's you know it just serves as a reminder like those that were lost and you know those that are still here with us um, so that's just how that goes man that's how that goes unfortunately. I uh do you collect vinyl since you're a DJ? Uh well, no. Um well, and well. This is a compl- <laughs> this is a complicated question. Oh boy. <laughs> because all the vinyls that I have are of like strictly classical music. Oh really? Yeah, um cuz uh, the L- LBC here has like a a vinyl collection of music mm-hmm. and all of it's like classical music. So they uh, they gave it for free. So I just like oh, nice. stacked up on like Beethoven, Bartok. Vivaldi, Ooh. you know Mozart, you know all these Stravinsky, Sh- 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 Stravinsky, okay. um, Schubert, like all these different artists, um, Wagner even. Do you have Jan Tears? Uh, I don't know because that'd be a good one to pick. Uh, well, all of it, all of it, all <laughs> of it's good. Uh, but yeah, so those are. It's, I wouldn't say like that. I collect them per se. It's more of like a oh, it's free. I want. I know. I know these songs. I want to hear them on vinyl. Nice. It's a, it's that that that's that story. I know that's a huge it's a huge uh, collection of people. Like I mean, that is a huge community of vinyl collectors. I recently learned you don't say that they're vinyls. 
Vinyl is the plural of vinyl. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't ever say vinyls in the community is what I've been told by my boss uh, over at Slugger's Pizzeria, Chris Ditzler. Um, He recently actually picked me up a copy of uh, Headhunters by Herbie Hancock. He, uh, I... I introduced him to it. He liked the album so much, and he picked me up a copy of it. So stand-up guy. Really like him. And uh, if you ever get a chance, definitely come over there to eat some pizza because we're pretty good. We're pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest slices in Lancaster. Weird flex, but that's that's what we're at. (laughs) I just uh, learned recently a fun fact about pizza is that one solid 18-inch pizza has more pizza on it than, like, two 14-inch pizzas. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense if you <laughs> if you're using the pie formula. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. That was my cheesy joke for the whole session. All right. Dad joke number one. <laughs> Check. <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, we're kind of ending out our rounding out our time on the radio. Um, where can the people listening find you? They can find me at uh, the Picaros uh, Facebook page. They can find me at Nathan William Art on Facebook. Um, and on your Spotify? Not on Spotify. We do have a YouTube channel. You okay. can find us there. Um, I also have a SoundCloud account. And if you, well, you have a camera right there, right? There's a camera right here, but you can also read it off. You want to just hold this up there? Oh. Yeah, just hold that up there. That's is a business it, card. It, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So if anybody wants to take a quick, Look at that. Um, it'll have this. It'll have the SoundCloud account on there and every other way to contact us. My personal phone number is on there as well. I'm always open to take any uh, calls or text messages. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. And you're gonna hear some songs right now. So yeah, do you want to introduce the first song? Yeah, the first song uh, is called. Actually, you want to switch those too? So, uh, I can just. That that's the undertones is what you want to play? Nah, cicada. Cicada? Yeah. This first song is called Cicada Song. Um, and, you know, it, it's just about, you know, not casting stones when uh, you yourself have a whole load on your back. Then here's casting stones. Or cicada? Cicada is it called? Yeah, it's Cicada Song. Cicada, yep. cicada yep. Song. Yep. Oopsies. There we go. There we go. Died and skipped the coffin Did no one realize I'm not alive Could you try to revive This ghost will be the best one yet We will slide Haunting melodies to lines Developing the photographs Frequently I forget to mention I freaking keep the pressure building up Weak men are otherwise strong But they've been
that was Cicada from uh, Nathan Arm. Um, whoop. Sorry. That was, it was going on to the next song there. Did you want to introduce your next song? Yeah, the next song is, uh, it's, it's kind of a love song, I'd say. It's called The Wreck. Um, you know, it's about being humbled by a relationship and, and just loving the other person and yourself. When you fall, you got to fall together. And hopefully nobody hurts each other on the way down. The last time I listened to my message receiver, you called to say you loved me and good night. I'd be so careless My jealous ways will end The last we talked You said you need some time I'm lingering Helplessly It's out of my control We fell too much So let go I'm sorry for Can't you hear my call Like leaves Tears begin to fall Please don't you Lose my heart I've trusted you with it Abandoning Isn't facing I'm last one coming up for you on the radio and then we're gonna switch it back to uh you know the uh other songs this one is called bleeding heart bleeding heart that's right and it's about a plant called a bleeding heart which i have planted in my backyard (laughs) all right here we go Big 
Sunny spot, the gardener does the work with me.